Paul Dirac was nobody's idea of Prince Charming, but he was a genius. In fact, after Einstein, Dirac was perhaps the most brilliant theoretical physicist of the 20th century. He pioneered the field of quantum mechanics. He correctly predicted the existence of antimatter. In 1933, he won a Nobel Prize when he was just 31 years old. Yet, in terms of his personal life, the physicist was the social equivalent of a black hole. Colleagues described him as almost pathologically reticent and jokingly invented a unit called the Dirac to measure his rate of conversation, one word per hour. At the University of Bristol, and then in graduate school in Cambridge, Dirac formed no close friendships, to say nothing of romantic relationships. He cared only for his work and was amazed that other physicists spent precious time reading poetry, which he thought was incompatible with science. Once, attending a dance with his fellow physicist Werner Heisenberg, Dirac looked out on a sea of swaying bodies and couldn't understand the point of this strange ritual. Why do you dance? Dirac asked his colleague. When there are nice girls, it is a pleasure to dance, he replied. Dirac reflected on this answer for a long time, then posed another question. Heisenberg, how do you know beforehand that the girls are nice? In 1934, Dirac was introduced to a middle-aged Hungarian woman named Margit Vigna. Everyone called her Mansi. She was his opposite in many ways, scientifically illiterate, extroverted, fun. But she took a strange interest in this aloof physicist. She detected a capacity in him that he did not see in himself. She wrote him love letters. He responded with shrugs, correcting her English and criticizing her appearance. She said he deserved a second Nobel Prize in cruelty. Yet she did not give up on him. She convinced him to spend time with her, to share his dreams, to confess his fears. He began, by degrees, to soften. When they parted after one long visit, he was astonished by an entirely new sensation. I miss you, he said. I do not understand why this should be, as I do not usually miss people when I leave them. Dirac and Mansi would eventually marry and spend a half century happily in love. In one of his letters, Dirac told his wife that she had taught him something that, for all his genius, he never could have figured out on his own. Mansi, my darling, you have made a wonderful alteration in my life. You have made me human. All the single people. Dirac's story illustrates how the power of love helps us realize our innate human potential. Understanding that power, why it evolved, how it functions, how it can be harnessed to strengthen our bodies and open our minds, is the subject of this book. It is a subject that has only gotten more complex in recent years. We live in a time when the environment needed to sustain love is being stressed in new ways. Marriage rates have plunged to historic lows. Half of adults in the United States are now single, compared to 22% in 1950. 
And while all these single people aren't necessarily lonely, as we'll learn, there's an important difference between being alone and loneliness. Those who are single not by choice, but by circumstance, are more likely to feel lonely. This includes many single parents. According to a nationally representative survey carried out in 2020, single parent households report higher levels of loneliness than other households. And a 2018 survey from Scotland showed that one in three single parents felt lonely frequently, while one in two reported feeling lonely some of the time. Loneliness has, in fact, become so pervasive and so damaging that many public health experts describe it now as a full-blown epidemic, one that touches not only single people, but also unhappy couples. Maybe this yearning for human connection explains why online dating has been growing at an explosive rate. 